0: Grace to you and peace from God, our Father, and from our Lord and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Tonight's message is from Paul's first letter to Timothy, the second chapter. My dear friends in Christ, what does it mean to live a peaceful and quiet life? Well, whatever it is, you can almost be assured it does not seem to be so in our country this day, does it? There is tumult everywhere we look. There is always tribulation. People are arguing even over the basic things like what is a man or what is a woman. There is no such thing as peace in this world. But for us as Christians, as believers in the Savior who desires all people to come to the truth and be saved, there is always peace for you. There is peace for you. There is peace for you in this place. Even as the world rages against you, the peace of God reigns in this place, in this church, by his very word and sacrament. By his word and sacrament, we are edified, we are built up into something that is glorious, something that will withstand the fires of hell and the judgment of God. The peace that passes all understanding, is yours by God's word. Where you hear of what it is that your Savior has done for you. Where you hear what it is that He has to give you. And by His sacraments, where He actually comes to you and washes you clean with His blood. Where He pronounces the forgiveness of sins upon you. Where He feeds you with His very broken body and His very shed blood for the forgiveness of your sins. The peace of God is in this place. But it is not enough, my friends, for Christians to live just in this place. Often we see churches with the sign up on the the road as you go out of the parking lot, you are now entering the mission field. Those signs are there to remind you that what you have learned in this place, how you have been fed, how you have been strengthened, is to be taken out into the world and to be put into practice. And the peace that we have in this place is also to be taken with us, so that no matter what may come for you, you always have the peace of God. Whether people come to martyr you or persecute you, whether they come to mock you or cancel you, the peace of God is always yours. As I remark always to my classes, God doesn't need you, but he wants you. And that is enough to sustain us as we are fed by Jesus in this place, our good shepherd. And so we take this peace out into the world and Paul tells us to do what? To pray for all people, for kings and all who are in high positions, that this way the world might be peaceful. Because by our prayers, it leads the world into the knowledge of truth and ultimately then their salvation. And when the world is led into truth and salvation, peace reigns. While it is true, we will always struggle with that sinful nature that we have. There still is peace to be had, if not in the world, then certainly in our hearts as we address the world. But with what are we to come to God? Supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings. I don't know if you have the question, but whether you do or not, I'm still going to answer it. What do all these things mean? Supplications are desires. While God doesn't need you, he wants you, and he invites you to come to him with all things that you need, with all things even that you want. You are to come to God telling him what it is that you feel you need and to trust, as our Lord Jesus Christ did in the garden as he faced his crucifixion, that it is not my will be done, but God's will be done. And there your God hears your supplications. And sometimes he grants them. For he is good. And he loves to give you all good things. And sometimes our Lord does not grant our supplications. For our God is good. And he loves to give us all good things. And sometimes what we ask for is not good for us. Though we may have convinced ourselves that it is. We come to our God with the desires of our heart, whether that be food on our tables or shelter over our heads, whether that be company and fellowship, whether it is to be, uh, to be relieved of our loneliness or depression, our God asks us to come to him. He invites us to come to him with what we need and want. And like any good father, he will listen. He may not always give it to you, but he will listen. As we head into the Christmas season, I can tell you, my children are coming to us with all their desires of the heart. It's true. You should see the list that Eli's made. It's the first year he's done it. It's kind of fun. But here I know that looking at his list, well, not everything is going to be good. For instance, they're asking for another dog. Because they know that our dog, Midgey, who's 10, will someday die. But I think beyond that, they really just want a pug, which I will never let into my home. But it is good that my children do not receive a new dog. Because I know if there was a new dog, Midgey, our dog, would bite it. Because our dog doesn't like other animals. So while they ask, they will not receive this for their good. Can you imagine what it would be for a child to lose their brand new pet the day after getting it? It's just not a good thing. But some things they will ask for and they will get. I can't tell you what that is because some of it is broken up between the parents and Santa, but there it is. We are invited to come to God with what we want and what we need. And he loves to hear it. And he will either give it straight out of his fatherly hand, or he will refrain from giving it to us for our own benefit. Then what are the prayers? If these are our supplications, what then are prayers? Prayers are these things which we have always been invited to go to God with, things that he has already promised to give. For instance, we will soon hear pray our Lord's Prayer. And by Jesus teaching us this prayer, he has told us God will answer this affirmatively each and every time. Give us this day our daily bread. Let your kingdom come. And certainly it does, not by our own effort, but by God's. All these things our Lord has promised to give us. And he invites us even to pray these things, knowing that it is from him and not ourselves that these things come. Our prayers Are the promises of God answered yes in Jesus Christ? Forgiveness, life, salvation, these things are yours and they always shall be. There can be no one who takes these things away from you. And even should you pray these things, even with supplications put in like daily bread, if you are not receiving that, then your Lord is telling you, you do not need this. As hard as that is for us to swallow with supplications, there it is. And so we know, we know that even as we pray the Lord's Prayer to give us this day our daily bread, or any of these promises that we find in Christ, the answer is God always will give you exactly what you need. The promises of God are always yes in Christ Jesus. But what then are intercessions? Our intercessions are these moments where we lift up prayers on behalf of others, whether that be for the family member who's sick, whether that be for those who are suffering, whether it be for those who need some good thing, whether it is for our government and all those God has put into authority over us. These intercessions come before God on behalf of others, that they might indeed be led to a good peaceful knowledgeable life of wisdom and ruling over us with that same wisdom as we intercede for those among us we are reminded that our Jesus intercedes for you you my friends are being lifted up always continually before the throne of God the Father Jesus is always praying for you and by his example, then, we are invited to pray always for those who are around us your brothers and sisters in the faith, the unbeliever who rejects God and all of his goodness, and anything in between. You are invited to intercede as your Savior does before the throne, knowing that God will always hear these things, and according to his good and gracious will. Will dole out exactly what is needed on this earth to speed along the day that our Christ returns from heaven. And your thanksgivings, these also are a type of prayer. But here in the thanksgivings, we go before God, acknowledging who He is and what He's done. These things that we are thankful for in all circumstances. Even if we are suffering, we see that our God is good and continues to give us all good things. We go before God acknowledging who he is and giving him thanks. And truly it is. This is what separates you from the rest of the world. There is it is often said that there is no atheist in the foxhole. That's true for life. If you ever listen to an atheist, they acknowledge a God that they claim not to believe in. I can't believe God would do this to me. Or thank God this has happened. It's amazing how knowledge of God even creeps into their hearts and minds even as they go about daily rejecting him. But thanksgiving. Here we are separated from the unbeliever. While it's true that the unbeliever can well, ask for things or even try to pray for things or even try to intercede for others. They cannot truly give thanks to God without faith in their hearts, which has been granted to you by the Lord Jesus Christ. An unbeliever cannot give thanks to God. And yet we are able to. The unbeliever refuses to recognize the one who has given them that which they're giving thanks. But you, my friends... You are continually giving thanks to God, for you see his hand at work in everything. All gifts are from God, whether it is the air that you are now breathing, whether it is the food that we are about to enjoy, whether it is the harvest that comes in each and every season that God provides these things. We give him thanks for all of it. We know who is the provider. And it is not from our hands that anything is provided, but it all flows from the goodness of God, which stems from the very cross of Jesus Christ. But here we are called to lift these things up to God in prayer. And Paul tells us it is so that we may lead a peaceful and quiet life, godly and dignified in every way. When we pray, my friends, we put ourselves in the position of knowing that our Lord Jesus Well, it's better than us. We humble ourselves in prayer, knowing that it is not up to us to rule this world, to bring about the kingdom of God. It is up to God and all of the things that he has in store for the rest of this earthly history. Our God will bring things to fruition, even as we look to that last day and pray for it. But as we go to God in our humility, putting ourselves in our place, confessing that we are sinners and finding the forgiveness of sins. We recognize that we are also being edified in the word. We seek after the things of God. We do that which he asks us to do, invites us to do, commands us to do. We join together in the fellowship of this church We surround ourselves by the apostles' teaching and the fellowship of the breaking of the bread and the prayers. And on top of that, we live moral and upright lives in the face of the world, not for our salvation, but because of our salvation. These things we do because we know our God is good and great and he has provided a way to be with him forever. And as we then go out into the world in prayer, finding who we are before God, we do live peaceful and quiet lives, godly and dignified in every way. For what else can you do when you know what it is that your Lord Jesus has done for you? When you know what it is that he has won for you? What else can you do but give him all glory, whether it is in your prayers or your singing Or, well, anything else that you put your hands to. For the Christian, this is our daily life. Even if your prayer life is, well, not exactly what you would expect it or desire it to be, the Lord Jesus Christ has still won for you the forgiveness of sins. And he looks at the works that you do and he glorifies them, claiming them as his own good works and blessing you, sanctifying you for them. This is what a peaceful, quiet, godly, dignified life looks like for the Christian. We come before our God in humility, and he exalts us into the highest places. Not that we lord it over anybody, but that we see this, and we become the servant of all. By your prayers, my friends, our Lord reminds us that he has won all things for us, and he has brought us into this world to live, and to bring all people into a knowledge of the truth. Know then, my friends, this. Your prayers are good, and your prayers are heard for no other reason than Christ crucified upon the cross for you. And through that cross comes life, and life everlasting. A peaceful, quiet, godly, and dignified life flows from the cross, in which Christ has placed himself as servant of all. And so as we enter this Thanksgiving Day, be reminded that because of Jesus Christ, following his example, we also have become servants of all mankind, that we might lead them to all good things as God is providing for them, as he has provided and will always provide for you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now may the peace of God, which passes all human understanding, guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen.